This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Sona, how's your sock drawer looking? It's messy. There's a lot of single socks. Yep. I think it's time for a little spring cleaning. Oh. <laughs> Check out Bombas. Once you try a pair, you'll never look at socks the same way again. I should know. I like my Bombas. Their spring collection has new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. My feet have never been to a party. <laughs> They've so got sad. stripes and florals and new vintagey colored rib socks. You know, when I'm wearing Bombas, I feel like my feet are being caressed okay. and cared for in a way they never have been in my life. Hmm. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash Conan and use code Conan for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Conan and use code Conan at checkout. <laughs> Hi, my name is Nora Jones, and I feel ecstatic about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk in blues, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Uh, Conan here, as if you didn't know that, hanging out here with Sonimo Sessian and, uh, of course, the, that scamp, Matt Gorley. I'm sorry. And um, you're just laughing because we did three, two, one, and then usually I go right into it, but this time I took, I would say, two or three beats before I started More speaking. That, if you would have counted, it would have gone three, two, one, nine. Eight, seven, <laughs> yeah. six. I took I took a little extra time to uh, create a tension in the room, oh. which then I could exploit because I'm a master of this medium. Is yeah. there? There's no. There's no tension. Oh, that's right. You I didn't... forgot who I was dealing with. Yeah. <laughs> You're six gummies into the wind right now. <laughs> I wish. Uh, oh, man, she I puts wish. them in her scrambled eggs in the morning. Um, but you know what's really funny is that we were we were laughing our asses off. Just goofing around, and Adam Sachs, who's in the, you know, who's our our master and our guru, he's in the room, and he was like, enough, enough! Yeah. He said, uh, all laughing has to be done on mic. Yeah. <laughs> no laughing off mic. Yeah, no, no laughing no off on the mic. mics aren't yeah. on or And something. so that's why uh, I think I took a long pause, was to try and kill the joy that was in the room yeah. before we got started. I see. Yeah. We were having a good time, too. We were. 
No, no, no. I know we were having a wonderful time and and Adam Sachs comes by and you're free. Feel free to defend yourself, Adam. And don't have any fun on Mike. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you, what happened? You sensed. Well, what, I'm not going to defend myself because I agree with your with the way you're characterizing what happened is I just you guys were laughing. We don't have a lot of time. We've got 35 minutes. There's now, another, wait a minute. Why don't we have a lot of time? There's another podcast coming. OK, let me board. tell you something. This is my podcast building. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I'm being shoved out of my own studio. So we don't have a lot of time. And you guys were laughing and I was looking at the clock and I got nervous and I said, laughing's OK, but only do it while the mics are but on. Like, please. What would happen if you went out and told the guys Conan O'Brien's in there? They're like, oh my God, oh my God. And, you know, what was, they start quivering. Uh, it's going to be another five minutes. Is that the end of the world? No, that would probably be fine. Yeah. Oh, probably be fine. <laughs> I, I can't speak for them. I think it would be fine. Five minutes. Yeah. This building, we're painting my face on the side of it. Yeah. You know? True. And also, it's, you d explaining this has now prolonged this intro because we still have to do bits and giggles. No, no, no. <laughs> bits and we have to do yeah. bits and giggles. Is that what we call it? Sure. Bits and giggles? Sure. <laughs> I, I didn't slave away for 40 years to craft a career in bits and giggles. We're here changing the way man thinks about man. Oh, better late than never. Is, is that what we're doing? I know. I just oh. said something and thought it would help. I don't know sense. what we're doing. No, but wait, I'll tell you this. Adam, I yeah. do appreciate the hard work. And yes, we do need someone to crack the whip occasionally and uh, let us know that our tomfoolery, our hijinks. Bits and giggles. Our bits and giggles uh, maybe are, are wasting time. And we've got to make way for the next podcast. Mm -hmm. What know? if this is part of our process? Right. Oh, 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 really? Sona, talk about your process. <laughs> you know, you my, have a process? To yes. get in the zone? Uh-uh. No. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't know. Sona uncaps know. a hollow molar and out drops a gummy edible. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was as high as you guys say I am, oh, I but know. I'm not. Well, you used to be. I, I did. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now with twins, of course. You yeah, gotta, I gotta right? stay normal, babe. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta now, can I ask a question? This is, I know, personal, but if you're breastfeeding, you can't, right? Because I did it, yeah. Yeah, because the gummy would. It would come out in the milk. Is that right? The gummy, like the full gummy, would come out the nipple. Yeah, into the I milk. just picture a gummy shooting out the nipple you are into Mikey or Charlie's mouth. Uncomfortable. That's where I picture. I picture Mikey or Charlie, or one on each breast, and all of a sudden each one goes gloop gloop. I got the prize. Yeah, but they, they sleep really well that night, uh, so yeah. it's totally worth it. Did you ever get up in the middle of the night and find them moshing? <laughs> just in their cribs. In their cribs, just. Rolling around and just moshing on top of each other? No, I didn't. Okay. No. Right. Glad, you, glad you answered that honestly. Yes. No, well, I have not seen them moshing. The strangest thing that's ever come out of your breast. <laughs> honestly, milk. What the fuck? What is that? That's got to be a very strange thing. It's weird. It's yeah. really, and I had to pump. And so you put like, like a cow, you put these things on your boobs and then it just like squeezes liquid out of your nipples. Hey, I have a question. Sure, if we I'll attach, handle this. Okay. If we, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Matt. If I attach those to my nipples yes. and they sucked really hard for a long time, would any milk come out? Is there any milk in there? Oh boy. There are, I just don't I, know about how humans work. I think there have been some instances where men have lactated. Right. Um, 
First of all, your dad is a doctor. Yeah. So of you asking this question Listen, is already very my unsettling. Doc, my, da- we, my dad said he was a doctor, but when, he, <laughs> when we asked to see a, any kind of certificate, he got real squirrely. <laughs> Where was he going every day? I, mean, I think to the train station to eat a sandwich. <laughs> he was going to the doctor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's weird. It is weird. Uh, the First of all, I don't think milk would come out of your uh, nipples. Oh, here we go. What does it play? To start, uh, male lactation has been observed in a few domesticated animals, including cats, goats, and guinea pigs on rare occasions. And also it says uh, here, some transgender men and non-binary people nurse their babies and use the term chest feeding or body feeding rather oh, than breast okay. feeding. Okay, okay right. there, there we go. go. All yeah. right. Um, Why do you guys want to lactate? Well, you, first of all, let me tell you this. If science made it possible, <laughs> if science made it possible yeah. for men to lactate, I think women would be very happy if they could get up for some of those midnight feedings. I, you're right. Or would you be jealous? Would I be jealous that like Tack would be able to breastfeed instead yeah. of me? Yeah. Uh, n- no, I wouldn't. But okay. I, um, I don't. I just. It's not like it's not like it's fun when you like squeeze your boob and like milk shoots out. It's I weird. can't think of anything that'd be more fun. <laughs> I'd, be, if, I'd be firing it at people. I would too. You know, and I'd be. You know what I'd love to do is if if I was at the beach and I didn't have my shirt on, just go like, oh man, and Gourley be like, what is it? And be like, oh, this part of my chest is real sore. Well, and then I, and then I just push it <laughs> and shoot you right in the. You it's a squirting flower that's part of your body. I go to the carnival when you're supposed to shoot those water guns into the clown. Oh mouth and see if you can raise the balloon up the wall. <laughs> oh yes. God. Yeah. I would do that too. This yeah. is why men don't lactate. This you know. guys know you this know what? why. If men could lactate, yeah. the baby would get none of the milk right. because right. we'd be going to carnivals and trying to <laughs> shoot at ducks with our lactation milk, right? We'd yeah. Be, and we'd be playing pranks on each other. Yes. Oh, my, my chest is sore. What is it, man? Squirt. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. I think it would be a huge disservice to babies if men lactated. So okay. I think it's important that women and just yeah, have. you know, I, I think that uh, you know we followed Adam Sachs's advice mm-hmm. and we got back on track and talked about some really important stuff. <laughs> we got uh, into some tits and giggles. <laughs> okay, what? Oh, I'm what? sorry. I got I it. Just, you know what? That's both. I a finally, pun. Yeah. it's also called nope. it back. Yeah, yep. I'm checking the boxes. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I just, you just made it finally to the very top of my list of worst people ever. <sighs> Mission accomplished. Yeah. Are Hitler number two, Stalin number three. Who's Hitler number two? What's that? Who's Hitler number two? <laughs> oh, he's number two on the list now. <laughs> Hitler number two. Well, anyway, our thanks to uh, Adam Sachs for getting us uh, to settle down, stop being silly so that we could get back to being silly. My guest today is a singer, songwriter, and pianist who has won nine Grammy Awards. That's too many for her work. Her debut album, Come Away With Me, was a global phenomenon selling over 27 million copies. Now she has a new podcast. Nora Jones is playing along. And she's joined by other musicians for conversations and musical collaborations. I am very excited. She's here with us uh, today. I really adore her. Nora Jones, welcome. You know, I've adored you for so many years and you were kind enough to come on my late night show uh, or in shows plural I'll say over the years. Oh well I was trying many to figure times. out how many times. You know what we could probably look it up but yeah. you came on that's okay as many yeah. I said Everybody that, get going. Nine <laughs> people in the room started getting on their computers. Uh, oh you no would, I'm just I got some medical results. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you started crying. Um, 
Don't worry, six months is a long time. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Too long in this job. Yeah, okay, take it easy. Uh, We're sitting here with Norm Jones. Sorry, I am not going to waste time bantering with <laughs> yes. you about your life sorry. expectancy. Um, you came on many times and in, in so many different guises because you would perform uh, yourself, uh, you'd be performing your work, and then I remember we did a George Week once oh, in yeah. honor of George Harrison, and, you know, Paul Simon came. All these amazing people came by for the week. Uh, Danny Harrison was around, uh, and it was this wonderful week. And you came, and I'm trying to think. I think you did I'd Have You Anytime. I, Is it? No, I did Behind That Locked oh, Door. Oh, Behind That Locked Door. Okay. It was so fun. That was one of our—actually, I remember my band and I, because we'd done a lot of TV shows together at that point. That was probably one of our best TV performances. You know, usually you do it, and you're like, ah. Eh. It would have been better if this. And we were like, yes, nailed it. Yeah, the problem is you did that on camera. <laughs> you turned to the camera we and said, yes, nailed it. Mid song, too. Yeah. It was weird. And you said, top that, other musicians in the world. Yeah, better than George's version. Yeah, better than George. You know, when you started dancing and saying, better than Harrison. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that put a lot of people off. Uh, no, you were, uh, I, yeah, I was trying to remember what song it was this morning, and I could have just typed in because we live in that world where I can type in oh. you know yeah. Nora Jones George Harrison Conan or whatever and it would come up immediately but uh, I can't work my own phone I can't turn it on <laughs> that's less fun anyway yeah exactly so uh, but you um, you came on that week and you were always coming by and performing and I just loved it every time you came on the show. Thanks. I'm a massive fan. And so- I'm a massive fan. I remember the first time I came on your show was for, for my first record. 2002. In 2002. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And, and I was so excited. Oh, well, that's- I remembered you, uh, of course, that was the record, Come Away With Me, five Grammys. You know, I remembered at that time, finding out about you, hearing about you. And saying, who is this Nora Jones? What is this all about? Oh, I'm very skeptical. What is this Come Away With Me album? I better check it out and see if it's up to snuff. And listening to it and thinking, I don't understand how someone your age at the time or anybody could come out with an album of all brand new standards. It was like, yeah. this is all, these are all going to be in standards books that everyone has to have forever. Uh -huh. And I was like everyone else in the world, like a 85 billion other people, completely floored. Well, that's and, nice to say. Uh, yeah, and I remember whoever was playing guitar with you, I think you did um, Don't Know Why, and I was, he offered to show me how to play it on oh, the wow. guitar afterwards. Really? And so he came into, I don't know who it was, but he came into my dressing room and he's showing me how to play the guitar parts. And uh, I was like, I think I got it. <laughs> and then we got into a lot of stuff you know, edits and work and we got to figure out tomorrow's show. And then I got home completely forgot. <laughs> I think it's a hard song to play on guitar. Yeah, Je it's it, it's probably not in my wheelhouse. It's not in my wheelhouse. It was either Jesse Harris who wrote the song or Adam Levy who toured with me at the time. But that's, yeah. that's really fun. Um, I think it was the person who wrote the song. Then it was Jesse Harris. Yeah. He, he was a well, good Jesse, friend of I mine. Need an, yeah. I need you to come back. <laughs> it's, uh, I need another lesson. He'll probably send you a video if you just give me, give me your no, phone No, I need number. him in person. Yeah. And he, he needs to fly out to LA at his own expense. Oh. That I do require. Um, I was thinking about, I wanted to mention first that you have your own podcast, which I've really been enjoying. 
Thanks. Uh, and it's uh, uh, it's Nora Jones is playing along uh, is playing along. And what's nice about it is that you get these people. It's two musicians talking and screwing around, and it's a very loose atmosphere. And I was listening to you with Jeff Tweedy, who's one of my favorite humans. Yeah, mine too. And um, it was such a great vibe. And I was thinking, man, I'd like to be on this podcast. And then I realized, oh, right. I'm not a musician. <laughs> <laughs> Except you are. Well, not really. But can you, does it ever expand out to non-musicians? If they're playing music with me. I think my only, my way in is, you know, there's so many podcasts, of course. Right. Yes. And you guys were kind of a big inspiration because over the pandemic, I, I just, hearing you guys laugh really lit me up. And oh, that's it, nice. It, good. It just like. Belly laughs were needed and um, it, it felt really good. And um, I, you screwing around with people on this podcast is kind of like what I want to do, except I'm a musician. So it's a, a little bit different. No, but it's the same idea. There's such a, we talk about this a lot on the show, that, but uh, I've been fascinated all my life with the fact that I have a um, natural, uh, you know, bent towards comedy, but- I'm always, the grass is always greener. I'm always peering over into the music yard. I see that, and yeah. And thinking, man, that's so cool. That's the cool place to be. I'm over here with the laughing clowns. <laughs> <laughs> all, uh, well, sorry, not you guys. Be the, oh, oh yeah. no, no, no. I never, don't think of you clown. as comedians at all. Oh, well, no. um, I do. I mean, oh, <laughs> I do. thank you, Nora Jones. Thank you. What do I know? I'm thank just a musician. You. Thank you. Yes. Yes, you don't have a professional eye like yes. I do. Nora, no. Couldn't possibly understand. Tell me you're laughing, clown. But like, but like hearing you with Kevin Nealon, just yeah. like messing around, I mean, right. that makes me so happy. And I feel like that's kind of what I'm trying to do with music, with with people who I know, some who I don't know. And yeah. we find this commonplace and we're speaking like the same language. Well, you this know? is what always fascinates me because I, you know, if there's something that you don't do, you put it on a pedestal where you don't have a natural inclination. So mm -hmm. when I sit you, when I see you sit down at a piano and play and sing, I think, well, she's superhuman. I am immortal. <laughs> you know, uh, I said amortal, not immortal. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be really clear. Um, there is such a close connection between comedy and music. It's the same. I mean, you, you could do a perfect take of a song and it just doesn't feel right. Or you can do a really messed up, messy version of a song together and it just feels magical. And yeah. it, it hits the spot, you know? I was thinking about your 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 path, your journey. <laughs> and I was thinking about how growing up, because I know your your mom and dad divorce when you're pretty young. I, they were never married, but- Oh, they were never married. But uh, yeah. So they were living in sin, as we kind of <laughs> say. I mean, I, I honestly, I don't even know. Their story is so crazy. I, I don't even know what was going on, but- um. Really? After all these years, you still don't know what was going on. <laughs> I've heard a lot of different versions. Oh. So I'll put it that way. But um, yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, they split up when I was really young. So I just, I grew up with my mom. Right. And this is an interesting thing in Grapevine, Texas. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, so what's interesting is that you have anyone who doesn't know your dad, Ravi Shankar, it, you come... And, and your mom as well had both have this musical pedigree, this musical background. So there's some of that, but then you're transplanted to Texas. Yeah. And I think that's got to be fascinating because you grew up, you grew up in this environment that had to have influenced you. I mean, if you had grown up in New York City, 
Do you know what I mean? Or in India. Or in India. With my dad. With your dad. You might not be, you might not be you at this moment. Does that that make sense? Yeah. I mean, my history is very different. I mean, it's interesting because I'm a musician and he, he, he was, he passed away, but he's, he was this brilliant musician, Mm -hmm. Indian musician. And my mom is not a musician, but she loved music. So I grew up with my mom seeing my dad here and there, and then not seeing him for a long period. And then we reconnected later, but um, growing up, I, I was influenced by my mom's record collection. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So who were you listening to? Ray Charles and Aretha Franklin and Willie Nelson. So this is what's fascinating. So you grow <laughs> up and you're listening to those people and you're in this, uh, what, what I imagine is this, is it a small town in Texas? Grapevine is a huge sprawling town now, but when I was little, it was small. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're growing up in this environment and you were not that connected to the pop music of your time. Is that right? I was in middle school. I loved um, Casey Kasem's Top 40 every Sunday. <laughs> like I was obsessed with that for a while. I just listened to Casey. I would turn off the music. <laughs> I just fell in love with the voice of Casey Kasem. <laughs> Who's going to be number one? Yeah. You can buy bootlegs where it's just Casey and yeah. then you don't hear the music. I have all of them. They're awful. There are uh, Casey Kasem bootlegs. I don't know if you've heard no, of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, we know where he loses it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He has no. a meltdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh we should start releasing mine where I have a melody. Oh, yeah, there's a I lot. Yeah. Hear those. You can actually physically hear me hitting yeah. Gorley. Um, <laughs> but, no, you, but, but so um, you were somewhat aware, but you were, I guess jazz was, was jazz a bigger part of your life? It was after a certain point, but I was really into Nirvana and the Violent Femmes at one point, you know, mm. and then maybe like ninth grade, I got really into jazz. Okay. And then that's all there was for like the next five years. That's all I, I was obsessed with. I'm so intimidated by jazz. So a lot of people are, even I, I am, because I'm not really a great jazz musician. It's kind of where I came from musically, mm-hmm. um, but I never practiced enough to really hang with, you know, real jazz musicians and jazz, a jam, jazz <laughs> and a jam session. Yeah. Jazz, that's exactly what they call themselves. Yeah, I've always thought of jazz music as, you know, you're sitting at the sushi bar and they're they're like, <laughs> it's chef's choice. <laughs> And <laughs> you you don't know exactly. It scares me a little bit, yeah. and I and that's just because I have some mental block. I was all about rockabilly, yeah, crazy intense rockabilly, and and um, that was the stuff that I, that that pulled me in and and kind of lit me up. You know, I just I inspired me in so many ways. Uh, great music, but very very simple. Yeah, extremely rudimentary. And that was that was maybe part of the magic for me is it I could play it. <laughs> I know? feel you. I mean, that's why I I love country songs. And sometimes you just cut straight to the heart of something with the most simple thing. I think that's I can't play fast jazz either. So we're in it together. <laughs> in, that, in, that, in that term, there are so many in ways in which we're similar. Yeah, and that's people are always them. calling me the Nora Jones of comedy. <laughs> we can't <play> fast jazz. <laughs> Um, you know, I think they call you the Jim Jones of comedy. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry because yeah. I'm leading my followers to your instruction. Yeah. yeah, well, either way, I'm okay. fine either way. But either way, it's a compliment as far as I'm concerned. Okay. You know, it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always 
doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it it down I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. (laughs) When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loudspeaking play. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. in today's Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. Okay. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone <laughs> cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. Yeah. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm-hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, all right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste. Only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. If most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not, that's more people than are on earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. (laughs) That's one over 1 billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. 
God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. But you know what's amazing is that you grow up listening to these people and then if you could ever imagine that, okay, you, you're a huge Willie Nelson fan, Ray Charles fan, you're going to be playing with these people. You, you did a duet with Ray Charles. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I mean, What was crazy. that like? What was Ray Charles like? He was very nice. We, you know, we went in for 20 minutes. We did three takes of the song wow. and that was it. But we were all live in the room together. It was amazing. He That's, was sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And then uh, I know that you have a, this longer lasting connection with Willie Nelson. I've been so lucky to play and sing with Willie like multiple times. I love him so much. Yeah, he is such a great spirit. Yeah, did you see they're having a big show at the Hollywood Bowl um, for his 90th birthday? 90th birthday. In April. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He is a great advertisement that marijuana is not bad for you. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, (laughs) uh, He he and Snoop Dogg will live to be 600. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's what's amazing to me is I'm thinking about the first time I met Willie Nelson, he came on my late night show in the early days and he had that incredible beat up guitar he has. Oh, Trigger. Trigger. Yeah. That 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 he's played forever. Is it a Martin? It's a nylon string. That's, it's a nylon that's string. all I remember. But, yeah, it's but a he nylon. puts it through an amp. Yeah, he puts it through an amp. Which is it's, totally it, cool. Right. He's got a little drop in, uh, I think, um, uh, pickup. Yeah. And he plays it through an amp and it's got a hole in it as if it had been recovered <laughs> yeah. somewhere and a rat had eaten through yeah, it. Not the sound hole. It's got a separate. No, it's no, got no, a, a gaping It's, it's yeah. got its hole. own. It's, yeah. Yeah. There's the sound hole. And then there's this thing that looks like a ferret clawed its way <laughs> into the guitar or clawed its way out. Uh, and um, it's covered in signatures. Yeah. And it's all these people. He's had Trigger forever. And it's everyone has signed. He, he He's had all these amazing people sign Trigger. And the show's over. And uh, and I said, that's just incredible. He's got like George Jones' yeah. signature. He's got all these, he's got everybody. And there's Tammy Wynette. And there's, uh, but all these public. And he said, yeah, sign it, Conan. And I said, no, <laughs> <laughs> we shall not sully this. And he's like, come on. And he, I, so I signed it with like a ballpoint pen. Wow. Oh, you did? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, when Willie you? got backstage, he wiped it off. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I don't think I've signed Trigger. <laughs> I, that was a dry erase marker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I said, I'll use my pen. He went, uh, no, use this one. <laughs> Wipes off easily. <laughs> uh, well, that's lucky. You got to touch Trigger. I got to touch Trigger. Yeah. Um, it is funny when you get, when you get to hold an iconic instrument. Yeah, it is. If you've had that experience, I'm sure you have, where it's, it's uh, you know, a famous guitar that I, you get I to hold on to. I don't know if I actually have, but my, my friends, we did a song with Willie, and um, before he got to the studio, his, his tech asked uh, a friend of mine to tune it or to hold it and play it while they... While they did the sound, and yeah. my, f- my friend was pretty excited to play Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine yeah. that would be pretty freaky. I think uh, I've seen 
just over the years, well, through Danny Harrison, uh, I was in England and went by his house, which was his dad's house, obviously. And he, he, uh, let, he showed me, and he said something like it, oh, you know, do you want to hold the 1963 Gretsch duo jet that my dad played in the cavern? Oh, wow. And I was thinking I shouldn't touch it. It's like, I will defile it. And then you realize it's a guitar. Yeah. And um, it needs to be played. It, it wants to be played. It wants to be. Well, actually, the guitar did see me and say, no, not him. <laughs> not him. <laughs> First time I'm Robin Knox. That's so funny. <laughs> actually, you're reminding me, I have played a very famous piano. At, and I got to go to Friar Park and yeah. met George Harrison and Danny was there and Olivia. When I first reconnected with my dad, actually, I was You're eight, kidding. I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. We finally reconnected and we, we got very close over the years after that. Mm -hmm. So it was a, a, a great thing. And I remember I landed in London to go visit them for the first time in a long time. And they're like, we're going to George's house for dinner. So just take a nap, clean up. I was like, okay, whatever. I didn't know we were going to George Harrison's house. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Who is this George anyway? <laughs> I was kind of oblivious. You know, I was jet lagged and young and we get there and he, he was so sweet. Yeah. And he was so happy to see me and my dad reconnect as well. And, um, and he idolized your dad. He I did. Mean, clearly it would, your dad changed of his course. life. Yeah. You know? I mean, it was, a, it was kind of a crazy night and I was half, half jet lagged through the whole thing, but he um, he asked me to play for him because my dad told him that I was this piano player. And I was like, okay. Because I just was like, you know, I knew who he was at that point, of course. You but played <laughs> for George Harrison? So I, wow. I sat down at this piano, which now I know I didn't at the time, but I think it was one of John Lennon's pianos. Yes. And so. I've seen it because oh. it, it, when I was there, I think they moved it to it. This was in a different, it's not in the house when I saw it. It's, there's this other place where they shot all the interviews for the anthology and it's got this hand painting yes, on it. Yes, it's got painting on like it. Like a rainbow it's and beautiful. sort of psychedelic stuff. Yeah, yes. so I didn't know this at the time. And I was kind of just oblivious to the whole meaning of the moment. But I sat down and I played an old Hoagy Carmichael song called oh. The Nearness of You for George. <laughs> and he was so sweet. And he, it was just a very funny moment that I just now remembered. And he, he liked, I'm sure he loved it. Yeah, I mean- he was kind about it. I don't know. He, <laughs> if he hated it, he, he pretended he loved it. He was, you are Nora Jones, you know. I know, but I, I was 18. It's not, it's you not, know? I know, but if I had come in at 18 and played a song on the piano for, for George Harrison, it would have gone very differently. Yeah. Well, I sang it too. Clang, clang, yeah, clang, exactly. clang. Uh, <laughs> Luckily, I didn't know the instrument was so historic. Yeah, it's good not to know those things. I think sometimes. so. It's better to just be oblivious. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm kind of intrigued that when you first started out, before you had all your success, you were a lounge singer, you <laughs> yeah, know? And kinda. I, and I've, and, and for just a little bit, you were a lounge singer. And I'm thinking, um, you know, let's say things hadn't blown up for you. Do you, do you think you could have like made your peace with being a lounge singer for a long time? Or is that a tough gig? I mean, it's something you don't really know, mm -hmm. right? You can't go back. It, I, I, I wouldn't, yeah, I kind of was a lounge singer, but it was really more like a restaurant than a lounge. So you're playing for people while they're eating. Yeah. And, and oh. usually they wouldn't clap and nobody heard, but oh. the gig was actually to just play piano. But mm -hmm. since I sang, I asked if I could bring a little, little amp and, and sing like every five songs or something. And it was actually the best practice I ever had. This is in college in Dallas. And, um, 
I, I basically learned how to sing and play at the same time because it's kind of a coordination thing. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was great practice. And every once in a while, the whole restaurant, like one person would just start clapping <laughs> and then slowly the whole restaurant would start clapping. <laughs> But then usually they weren't they weren't clapping at all. I um, <laughs> oh, man. I will tell you that first of all, the the thing I hate the most in comedy is when you have to perform for people who are eating. Yeah, it's uh, horrible. And, and it doesn't matter what stage you get to. There's there are benefits. Yeah, where you they say okay, go on up, and you have your jokes and you have your riffs that you want to do, and you get up on stage, and you hear the distinct sound of 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 silverware hitting each. You know, clanking, which is a together. horrible sound, and then and and then <laughs> chewing. And, and people chewing. And I remember being at the uh, there's a big ballroom at the Waldorf Astoria, and I had to do benefits there a million times when I was in New York, and being up there, and the crowd doesn't even know. Just a voice of God goes, "Ladies and gentlemen, Conan O'Brien," and and <laughs> people are just getting their like plates are being put down and served and people are saying, no, 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 I said red, not white. <laughs> yeah. And I walked upstage and there wasn't even any sense that I was on stage. Yeah. And I go, well, well, anyway, and I start to get into my thing and a man was sitting right in the front row. Oh, just sawing. And his back was to <laughs> me and he was cutting into his meat and he put it in his mouth and he's chewing and then he whipped his head around <laughs> to look at who's this annoying person at the podium behind me and I just saw a chewing, unhappy face looking yeah. up at me. That's not great. And I thought, Fuck this. This is, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to perform for people eating. You can have like a no eating clause. Oh, I actually, that? yeah. I yeah. Know. Like, you need, you need you more do a benefit, in the industry. You, <laughs> yeah. you can just say, like, I'll do it, but not when they're eating. When they're eating. Directly before dinner or after the plates have been cleared. But I will tell you this, Nora. I am a person who, if I'm anywhere, if I'm in a bar or a restaurant and someone's playing, when they finish the song, I applaud. Yeah. I don't care. And sometimes it's awkward because I get self-conscious because if you're the, if I start applauding and no one else does, I think I'm making the situation worse. And yeah. Especially if one no one else clapping. does. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of weird. And also you're drawing attention to yourself. Well, I love that part. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you liked that or, or what. Oh, no. You, I, I go out. Just I, to do it. I go out do in it. a t-shirt that says, I am Conan O'Brien. Yeah. And then parentheses, it explains who that is. You yeah. start clapping in the middle of the song. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. Like, oh, look at you. And I say, you. Conan Likey. <laughs> I've, I've, yeah, many times when you've been on the show, I'd, be, I'd clap yeah. midway. Conan's happy. He's <laughs> got a camera on me. I just want to get a cockaroo while we're here. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god! I can die now. <laughs> I just want to get a cockaroo. Yeah. While I'm here. That's what she said. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, I've been getting that all my life. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking about all the different people you've collaborated with because you mentioned Ray Charles. But what what it's amazing to me is that. Uh, you have, I think, a very enviable career. You, you've had massive commercial success and you're respected and you're a nice grounded person. And you can- So, like, that you know of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I usually find out. Word gets, I'll tell you what, word gets out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess so. I talk to Uber drivers and they tell me. Um, <laughs> but, like, you've collaborated with Keith Richards. Yeah. What's that like? Again, just like a nice human, you know? A, yeah. a musician. Yeah. That's yeah. 
I mean, sometimes you do these collaborations and the song's already been co- recorded and the person's not even there. Oh. And you go in and you add your vocals. And I've done a couple of those with Keith, but I've actually been in a room playing music with him a few times and it's incredible. I would, yeah, that would be sort of otherworldly. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, uh, in the few times that I've had little contacts with him. Oh yeah. Very, you know, like he didn't know who I was or anything. Um, but- uh, I'm sure that's not true. No, no, this was years oh, ago, b- ago before I- You weren't wearing your little t-shirt? <laughs> I had it on even when I was, before okay. I had a TV show, I had it on. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always fascinated when that, it feels to me like it would be a great exercise to, one, one might not immediately link Nora Jones and Keith Richards, but you can get together and musically, you guys can <laughs> yeah. find find the groove or oh, find yeah. what it is. I mean, we both love Hank Williams, right? So yeah. I, it's not a problem. It's 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 a language. And it's like, that. that's what's so fun about this podcast is it's like a never ending list of people to just play with yeah. and play music with. But it's like really just like playing in a playground. You know, it's like that. It's so fun. And do you have like your bucket list of these are the people I've got to have on your on, on your podcast that you want to mess around with? It's just never ending. It's yeah. it's a bazillion people. It's like, of course, you know, my idols or or a young musician who I admire or someone that nobody knows about that I just like or, you know, whoever. So, I mean, that's so fantastic. That's, yeah. And I think that's what this medium, this podcast thing, what I'm, I, I mean, every time we come into the studio, I... I'm delighted that this form exists. Me too. It's, it's, it's like intimate and fun. And it's, it's, I'm never, you know, going to get invited to dinner with you probably. So it's fun to just have this time together to talk. And I know you've asked a lot and I'm still not ready. (laughs) (laughs) I find that very hard to believe. Yeah. 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 I just need to hear a little more of your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of people you might not cross paths with in an intimate way. So it's a way to really connect. That's what I was, I was, uh, on my way to work today and I called the the guy who's a, a good friend and he booked music on our show all through the 90s, 2000s, Jim Pitt. Oh yeah, I remember him. Yeah, and you know, great person who uh, helped put the, really put the musical stamp on, on my show, which was so important to us. And um, I called him up and I just was as excited. And I said, hey, I'm gonna be, I just want you to know, I'm gonna be talking to uh, Nora in like half an hour. And he was like, oh my God. And we were chatting about how nice it is. And I said to him, all these years, Nora's been coming on my show and performing. And of course we chat, but I never got to sit down with you and talk to you. Yeah. Because people don't realize show business is, you know, you do your 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 sound check, your rehearsal, I come down, I say hi, then I've got to go and do my stuff. Then you perform, I thank you. And then you move on, I move on. Yeah, it's brief. Yeah, and this is this is what I love. Yeah, you know? it's so much, it's so like warm and it gives me the warm fuzzies, you know? Because I didn't know that uh, country music was so important to you. Yeah, and well, I, didn't I grew know up that. in Texas. Yeah, so exactly. It was in the water. Yeah. You know, and my mom's from Oklahoma. So it's, it's a familial thing on that side of my family. Do you have a favorite Hank Williams song? Um, I mean, So Lonesome I Could Cry is yeah, just yeah. about one of the best songs ever, ever sung. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that sad. 
<laughs> I love that Ken Burns documentary on uh, country music. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's taking you through everybody, and then he gets to the, there's the chapter episode about Hank Williams, and it's entitled Shakespeare of the South. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I love that music. Um, but also you get to, like, work with Outkast, Foo Fighters. Yeah. So. It's run the gamut. I've been super lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Has anyone ever asked you, like, can I do a duet with you? And it was someone you do not want to do that with? <laughs> you mean, do I say yes to everything? <laughs> <laughs> I just meant in person. Yeah. You know, I meant like the awkwardness oh, in person. Yeah. Of, like you're talking to someone who. <laughs> like, let's do this. Yeah. Well, actually. I'm ready to do yeah. a duet with you. I, I don't I've think got I, my ukulele. It's never happened like that ever. <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've turned a few down, I guess. I've got my ukulele. I have my bassoon. Come on. We can do it right now. I would do that probably. <laughs> it was just like really easy. But um, I, I don't know. I've, I've turned a few things down. I've turned a few things down where I really liked the person and I just didn't have time. You know, stuff just happens. But doing this podcast, it's like I have to actually ask people now. And that's kind of nerve wracking for ask me them. to ask people to come be on my my show now. Right. And and being in that position of asking and maybe getting rejected. That's been like the most kind of like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, you know, it's funny. Uh, I'll just just because I've been doing this for so long. Uh, I used to take it personally. Yeah. If someone couldn't come on the show or said no to the show, I took it as them saying, Conan O'Brien, uh, thank you, no. Yeah, what and, a jerk that guy is. Yeah, and then later on, it took me years because my my publicist used to say, no, don't take it personally. They're in town. Yeah. And then I realized, because I'd been on the other side of it, where I'm someplace and they'll say like, hey, there are these five people that, or these five shows that are saying, can you come do something? And you think I'm only here for a day. I can do one or I don't really want to do that this time or I can't do it. For yeah. some. And you realize that it's not personal at all. I mean, sometimes it is. Sometimes I've had celebrities say I despise <laughs> that guy. And I don't realize why that has to get back to me. <laughs> <laughs> From them personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. George Clooney calls and says, no, 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 no. <laughs> no you are not my cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> You're way too silly. Uh, <laughs> Um, if only that were a joke. Uh, oh, 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 come on. Not Clooney. I'm just, no, no, no. He loves me. Uh, we'll connect eventually. Uh, uh, but no, no, let's not put that out there. Or okay. do we? Uh -huh. oh. Yes. What's that? I want George Clooney. Yeah. Oh, really? I do Can too. you be better? <laughs> <laughs> Can you change yourself? <laughs> Go get I'll, him, Tiger. I'll try. I'm going to try and up my game yeah, just enough to thank get Clooney. You. Get thank all you. of Ocean's Eleven in here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. All at once? Yeah. At the same time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Please. I think I could get two of them. Uh, oh, Carl on. Reiner. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Carl Reiner passed. <laughs> yeah. We can't get him anymore. I could have. Oh. I could have, but uh, we'd need some voodoo magic to get him now. Nice one, Gorley, by the way. Yeah, I picked the one guy yeah. who's not yeah. alive. Yeah. No, I'm uh, talking about waiter number three. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh he's good, though. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, what is your 
<laughs> the way you just went right back into questions. <laughs> That's what I have to do. I know. I'm a pro. <laughs> Nora gets it because she's a pro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right? You run a podcast. You know how to just snap back. I love when you get Sona going. It, it's my favorite thing. Oh, when yeah. I get her angry? Yeah, no, when you get her laughing. Like oh, that. when I get her laughing. When, you, yeah. when she gets going. Uh, yeah. It's my favorite thing too, actually. Well, it oh, must feel so good to laugh like that. It does. It's rare to laugh like that. I mean, I, I'm, some a, people, I'm a hearty laugher yeah, you in are. general. And then also just working for someone for for Conan O'Brien has been of course the best. Well, I think the thing that comes up that that is real is uh, how much bullshit happens between Sona and I uh, and laughing that isn't recorded. Yeah, because I will call you and say there's something really important I need you to do for me, and then yeah. it's something that's completely made up. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it's, is he, he'll go on riffs on the phone with me just because I'm laughing. And I think yeah. it's, it's a because it's a drug. It for must him. feel so yeah. good to have her around. It is. <laughs> He's such a great laugh. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Nora. Gourley less so. No. Gourley isn't really a laugher. Gourley is funny as hell. Oh, I know. Yeah, he cracks I know. Me up. I, know. <laughs> I remember when I first started listening to your podcast, he was just kind of quieter. Yeah. And well, then, he's a quiet, and then uh, he started. He's really come out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And now, guess what? Now we're trying to get him back yeah, in. Yeah, too late. I think the cat's out of the bag. No, no, no. no. Genie's we, out of the bottle, yeah, baby. Yeah, it's and out. It's like, it's one, It's a jack-in-the-box that I'm trying to jam yeah. back into the box. Can't do it. No, it's good. He compliments you really well. No, no. It's, yeah. it's, I got very lucky because this all came together. I mean, Sona, I knew, was going to be part of it, and then, uh, they brought this gourly guy in. Yeah. And I said, absolutely not. And they said, no one else will do it. And then- <laughs> That's true. That's true. And, and even I did money. because yeah. I was being blackmailed. Exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, but but um, I'm curious if, because uh, I am baffled by songwriting. I don't oh, understand yeah. it. Me too. And I don't understand composition. <laughs> and, and I guess, you know, even people that do it, but you know, I, I, I play a lot of guitar and don't really know what I'm doing. But the idea, and I've, I've talked with Amy Mann about this extensively. I, I loved that And episode. we're supposed to write a song yeah, together. Yeah, did it and, ever happen? Well, it's my fault because that she said, I'm ready to go when you are. And I'm terrified because she mentioned, yeah, you need to sort of make yourself emotionally available. Oh. And like, what is it you want to say in your song? And I'm thinking, emotionally available? <laughs> What's that? I can't do that. <laughs> uh, Everybody's so, different though. Yeah. I think everybody has their own process. Right. And that Jeff Tweedy um, actually has this really great book called How to Write One Song. It's like this little inspiration guidebook. Oh, I have yeah. to get that. It's, oh, you great. would love it. It's great. How and, to Write One Song? Yeah, yeah. And he talks about how he doesn't believe in writer's block. But actually, he just thinks it's you self-editing yourself. Yes. And I love that because I, I agree with it. If you just let it go and you're not worried about it until later, then you can clean it up or not play it for anybody. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's I've, nice. uh, when creating stuff in comedy or all the years that I was a writer, one of my biggest problems was I have such... There's a little gremlin on my shoulder yeah. that is so, nope, not good enough. Well, exactly. Not good enough. Not you, good know, enough. you know all about it. Yeah, and when I can... Um, get that guy drunk or anesthetize <laughs> him or excise him in some way uh, and just go. Yeah. And and that was a major revelation for me in my career was I thought writing comedy meant sitting down and getting to work, mm -hmm. which yes, it does mean that. But then there were so many times where I was just screwing around, making people laugh. And they would say, oh, well, that's great. 
write that down. That's a sketch. Yeah. And I'd say, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just having fun. It's the inspiration. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. if you can, if you can remove this serious, it's time now for I, Nora Jones to get to, if you got to get rid of that. I can't do that. That doesn't work for me right. at all. I have I have to just record ideas as they're in my head in the shower or driving in a car or whatever. Just get it down real quick on so the you, recording you, part. So instead of soap on a rope, you have a tape recorder yeah, on a rope exactly. <laughs> in your yeah, shower. Yeah. No, but seriously, like you just get it down and then later you can work on it. But the inspiration part has already happened. Do songs ever does anything ever come to you in a dream? Because famously you hear about yeah. Paul McCartney waking <clears throat> up and in saying, oh, I don't know what this is. I think I must have heard it somewhere. And it was yesterday. Um, again, and that's Paul McCartney. But does that do things like that come to you in a dream ever? Um, I've had I've written some brilliant songs in dreams that are basically like the Jack, like the Tenacious D song tribute where you yeah. can't remember it, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Um, and, and it's basically that, you know, you know, it's amazing, but then you wake up and you can't remember it, but I have written songs, um, doing like medita meditations before and, mm. and I'll, I'll think of an idea and I'll stop really quick and record it and then finish meditating <laughs> or, or when you're falling asleep and you're in that in-between spot, yep. stuff comes there. And I've, I've written a couple little ideas from that, that I really like. Anytime I have, uh, you know, uh, awoken in the middle of the night and scribbled something down in the morning, it's just total gibberish. Yeah, really. It's like caramel gravy fight. <laughs> Not bad. And I look at it and I go, what? Oh my God. And, yeah. I love those dream journals. Yeah. People write like the first thing that comes to mind and it's right. bananas. Yeah. And you're, I know you're, uh, you're living at your East coast exclusively pretty much. Yeah. You, yeah. New yeah. York. Is that just, it's so funny because I was so East Coast for so many years and then came yeah, I know. this way. I remember. And uh, yeah, that's right. You greeted me as I landed. <laughs> I was the, there. You were at the American <laughs> Airlines gate. Actually, I saw you once at an airport in New York. Uh, probably, I don't know how old your oldest child is, but you had a newborn in your uh, arms. Yeah. And it was like after a red eye from LA. Yeah. And we had done your show a couple of times and I, and I was like, look, there's Conan O'Brien. Mm -hmm. You're holding a newborn. Yeah. Was it like, wasn't my baby. Yeah. It was oh. definitely your baby. <laughs> no, they, they, they were just giving them out on the flight. You know? Oh, yeah. It was like, yeah, oh, like it was men's. first class. You get a baby if you want. Now, <laughs> I didn't want to say hi. I didn't want to say hi. But you didn't? Oh, I wish. No, I didn't say hi because you were, it was like a red eye. It was six in the morning and you had well, a newborn in your lap. Delighted, yeah. And now I feel like I would say hi to you if I saw you at six in the morning. You and would. You were holding a newborn. I love randomly bumping into people that I adore. <laughs> I, rem I remember so clearly coming off, I think, a red eye and going into JFK. And there's this one specific part of the airport I'm walking through and I bump right into, literally almost ran into Paul Rudd. Oh, amazing. I remember he was holding a guitar case because he was working on, on, on his guitar playing. And we bumped into each other and we had this really great conversation. And now every time I pass that part, of the JFK terminal when I'm walking through, which I am all the time, I, <laughs> I think of like this romantic moment with Paul, <laughs> with Paul Rudd. Yeah. And he's amazing. told me that he thinks of it too. That's sweet. You should recreate it. Yeah. Can, yeah. Should, Can I, I come? I think we should just marry yeah, I know, yeah. me too. I love Paul Rudd. To meet you. Yeah. Yeah. No one, you know what? Nobody dislikes Paul Rudd. No, no. that's true. And I've been searching because yeah. I'm, I'm determined to find it's somebody. It's totally yeah. true. Yeah. yeah there's some people. He's Paul Rudd and Dolly Parton. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, nobody oh. dislikes. Have you worked with Dolly? <laughs> I, I have 
before. Yeah, I got oh, to that sing song with her. You like, have creeping in with Dolly. Yeah, yeah, I did creeping in. Yeah, that. and she yeah. came and sang with us at the Ryman, and I got to sing one of her songs with her. Okay, once. that's just craziness. But yeah. this is forever ago, and um, I, I mean, she's the best. It doesn't matter if it's forever ago. It happened. She's the best. She is the best. She's the best and, and the funniest. You, you should know. have Dolly on. Yes. I oh. No, no, I'm not ready. She's not ready yet. She needs to prove herself a little more in the world of music. Yes, Dolly. Oh my God. One, you know what I love is when Riffing people say you should have her on as if as we if have, you haven't thought of that as right. if I'm forbidding it yeah. it will happen Adam it's going to happen please but one of my favorite things this reminds me of when you host a show people are always suggesting guests yeah. in the early days of my late night show there was a guy who um, and I can't remember what I think he, he was from Central America and his job was to sort of be the guard that stood uh, on the way into the elevators at 30 Rock to get into our part of the building where the offices were. And I, 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 I remember this guy was very nice. He was very young. And uh, I think his name was like Luis, I think. And I, I'd come in and he'd be like, oh, hello, Conan, good to see you. And I'd say, oh, hi, Luis, uh, you know, have a good day. And I remember I came by once and he said, hey, Conan. And I said, yes. And he said, the Rolling Stones are in town. And I said, oh, I know Luis, it's been in all the papers. And he said, I think they'd be pretty good on your show. <laughs> And I said, yes, Luis, they would be amazing on the show, but the Rolling Stones are the biggest musical act in the world and they don't do shows like mine. And he, and um, also if they were going to do a show, they'd probably do like a big 1130 show like Letterman and I'm a 1230 show and, you know, we've only been on a few years, so they wouldn't probably come on my show. And he looked at me and he shrugged and he went, I think they'd be good. Aww, <laughs> so sweet. Like I was blowing him yeah, off. Yeah. You, I'm, like, like, I'm not blowing him off. You're missing an opportunity. You're right. He was Can acting, you help me facilitate that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, he's, he, like Mick, Mick Jagger was on the phone like, come on. Yeah. No. That's funny. But uh, <laughs> yeah, somebody told me I should have Billie Eilish on my podcast. And I was like, that would be amazing. I, I don't know if she would want to do my podcast. Well, I, I think she, she would. would. I think she anybody would. would. That's yeah. the nice thing is you are in that sweet spot of... Um, I just think a, a new act, uh, an act that's been around for a hundred years, anyone's going to want to do your podcast. Yeah. Well, thanks. Not anyone, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm. Let me talk to them. You talk, you be my liaison, <laughs> please. You're hey, gonna, Colonel O'Brien, yeah, me, listen to me, Eilish. Give me Billy Eilish. <laughs> You're going to do Nora Jones, see? <laughs> Who am I? Colonel O'Brien from television. Well, not anymore television, but used to be television. Eilish, are you there? Are you there? Eilish! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Maybe I shouldn't do that Please for do you. Please do that for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, where was I? I was having dinner with, um, I think I was, what was I having dinner with? I think it was Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally. Mm. And one of, someone looked over and in a far corner booth was Dolly. Oh, wow. And I know Dolly because I think she did the late night show once or twice. They are both like, can you bring us over and introduce yeah, totally. us to Dolly Parton? Yeah. And it was just so, it, it was like going to say hello to the Pope. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to say higher than the Pope. Yeah. Whoa. 
Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. You're Aren't you very, Catholic? Yeah, you are very, your family especially, yeah, you're but, very Catholic. Yeah, but there's a lot of popes. They keep replacing yeah. them. You're right. There's only one there's Dolly There's only Parton. one Dolly Parton. Yeah, there's been like 175 popes. Right. Then they had two popes at the same time. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, they the, did. I'm sorry. The, 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 the pope, like the euro, has been devalued. Uh, <laughs> there's just too many of them being, too many of them are being minted. But there's only one Dolly Parton. Yeah. It's true. And it's very man, true. is she, She's the best. She is the nicest person. We were all like quaking in our boots and she couldn't have been uh, a more beautiful soul. She's very giving with herself, like her her personality and everything, you know? Also, she is never, she's always of the time. Yeah. In this crazy way, which is so if you, you know, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, like, Right now, wisdom from her is as precious as it's ever been, mm-hmm. and and or or her doing a musical performance. It's just kind of neat how she sort of transcends time. I don't know how she does she's that. She's great. Well, she just got inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and she she thought it was kind of funny because she says she's not a rock and roll <laughs> musician. But she did it anyway, and she was very gracious about it. And now she's made a rock and roll album. I think, oh, really? I think as a sort of a, oh, re- wow. like, you know, I might as well. And, <laughs> and I think that's pretty awesome. I always feel like 9 to 5 is kind of a rock and roll song. Yeah, I, I mean, genre, I mean, I. So much. She definitely deserved uh, it. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a rock and roll song that has typewriter for percussion. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. That's so cool. We just had, um, it'll have already been out, I think by the time, but Jane Fonda sat in that <gasps> chair oh my God. a couple of days ago Amazing. and we got on the topic of Dolly Parton and she spoke of her as if she was, the you know, I mean, she idolizes Dolly Parton and uh, told these really great stories about her. I bet. And, so it's Dolly Week at Conan. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Sachs, uh, you know what? I, we've all wanted Dolly, but Adam Sachs has forbidden it for now. Yeah, yeah. why is that? Yeah, right. yeah there's, one track, she, there's one track she cut in 1973 that uh, Adam Sachs didn't quite like. <laughs> now that Nora Jones has blessed it, oh. Boy. <laughs> Thank you. Go to Dolly. I know. Go to her. Go to the light. If we do book her and you have to travel, will you let me and Gorley go? I mean, sometimes you don't let us come. Well, I have to come as the caveat. Oh, you can come. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look, let me explain. If I'm going to talk to like a, you know, Barack Obama or someone, there are security issues involved, background checks. And that's why you two are usually excluded. Right. You know what you did, and you know what you did four times. Um, yeah. I mean. Yeah. But you're but, a shoplifter. Okay. But are what you? About, what about? Yes, are I you? am. I am. I was. I was. I'm not anymore. Right, that's and I've never you. been caught, so it wouldn't be on a record. So there you You've go. You've only talked about yeah, it you talked many about times it. on I the air. Know. And uh, you bring on, it up. You ruin it. But yeah, I'm that's saying, a great criminal. I wouldn't have been confessed, but you brought it up. But Dolly Parton <laughs> doesn't have a secret service, so Gorley and I. I yeah, mean, we're we putting you on the to, spot. You're though. taking us with us. You're taking us with you. And so if thank you, you don't, very much. we're striking. Okay. All right. Ooh. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, good you did, Nora. Opposed. We're not. Fun. You know what happened? Uh, Gorley's been getting a little more feisty. We all know that. Yeah. And Son, of course, always just a terror. <laughs> but you come in and you and you praise them both. <laughs> And now they're insane. They're like, we're going to strike. Three of us are striking. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. Uh Yeah. It's fun. (laughs) 
Um, yeah. All right. Well, so what's what, what do you have planned for this coming year? I know that are you recording right now? Yeah, I'm may, I'm actually making an album, and a lot of the songs came from those in between sleep sleep times. Okay. Oddly enough, and um, and I'm going to go on tour in Europe this summer, which is always a joy to play music live and yeah. really just doing this podcast and trying to hang out with people and in front of microphones. <laughs> Uh, the podcast is Nora Jones is playing along and it's uh, terrific. Mavis Staples yeah. was on the podcast. She, she was at Mark Rebier. Do you know oh my him? God. He's incredible. I, I'm not as familiar with him now. Yeah. Um, uh, we had Bobby Hall, AKA yep. the rapper logic, yep. um, which was a really fun, like meeting of two different worlds, Yeah, you know? So yeah, it's, it kind of runs a gamut. It's it, there's no limitations. It just has to be playing music together. There's no genre or anything. Also, I'll tell you this, uh, as a fan of your podcast, uh, you have an amazing, obviously you have an amazing singing voice, but I love your speaking voice. Really? Yeah. It sounds, it sounds very, uh, it's just sounds really lovely. That was the thing I was most nervous about was like, well, you know, when you hear yourself speaking recorded is Mm -hmm. the most annoying thing on the planet to most people. And I'm no different. So when I hear myself saying, I can, I can get with that. I'm used to that. But when I hear myself talk, sometimes I'm just like, ugh. I think that's healthy. I think it's normal. Too. I think when, if you're someone who, when you hear yourself says, yeah, more of this, <laughs> more of this, <laughs> more of this. <laughs> something's wrong. I am, uh, I am horrified uh, when I hear myself speaking, but uh, then I just say, yeah, that's just, Self-hate, and it's probably done you some good. It's done, yeah, it's, it's done good. And also, I, one thing I did notice listening back and approving stuff is I have a weird cackle because <laughs> when Sarah and I get to laughing sometimes, my co-host, yeah. and, or whenever me and one of the guests laugh, after the song is done, there's always like this crazy laughter because we're trying a song for the first time and then we just bust out laughing when it's done. But I have the, my laugh surprised the hell out of me. I didn't know I had a cackle. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. The, occasionally you discover things about yourself. Yeah. Sona, have you enjoyed listening to yourself? Uh, I, I don't really listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got these twins. You're busy now. Well, also, if I didn't, I mean, I didn't always have the twins even right. before. I didn't like, it's not okay, like you have to go overboard and say, even when I had nothing to do. Uh, even when I literally had nothing to do, if someone pressed play and put like headphones on me, I would just take them. No, I, right. I really, I don't. Yeah. Uh, You're not a consumer of, you know, the dealer shouldn't consume his own. Yeah. You know, that's that's well, an old saying. It would, oh. be, it would be called podcaster baiting if you, yeah. if you did. <laughs> Listen to the podcast. God, we've got to clean up this Nora Jones podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, love I never it. thought I'd be saying that. I love it. God, I, I wish I could take credit. Sarah came up with that when she was listening. It's really, <laughs> it's Sarah, really, I, I like it. Listen. I like yeah. it. I mean, um, I don't have any problems. You know, you mentioned earlier, like, well, I, I wouldn't have never have a chance to have a meal with you. I'd be delighted oh. to anytime if you're going to be in town and you need someone to grab you know, breakfast, whatever, I will- You'll uh, pick it up and bring it to my uh, hotel. Uh, breakfast. Will, breakfast. <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> put, we're not quite to dinner yet. Yeah. I know. Oh, I'm sorry, we can't be forward. Uh, <laughs> you know. Not even brunch. You're like 9 a.m. Yeah. No, no, 9 a.m. 5 a.m. is it's when I get up when I come to L.A. because I'm oh, on, yeah. from the East Coast. So yeah. That doesn't, no, that's not bad. I will take you out for a meal between 7 a.m. and 8.30 a.m. <laughs> oh, yeah, and we, and we split it. It's got to be an international House yeah. Of yeah. Um, Can I come? No, seriously. I anytime. I would Thank just you. be delighted. I, I would be ecstatic. 
Thank oh, you. thank you so much. Yes. We brought it full circle. We you it. are a podcaster. <laughs> and I a pod masturbator. <laughs> Podcaster. I think Nora Jones is an honorary <laughs> I just said pod yeah. masturbator. Pod, yeah. <laughs> you really yeah. just went for it. Yeah. yeah. I think what I'm talking about is different than what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been another filthy <laughs> show with Nora Jones. <laughs> Nora, thank you. Thank you for having me. That was me. amazing. Uh, that was great was to see so you all. So no, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. <laughs> California, Sona. No matter where California. you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident, so are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have Issues are things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time, don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah, and we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up, and I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Conan. I haven't done voicemails in a while. Okay. You know, I'm always a little uh, on edge because I, I feel I'll be criticized. You always say that, and then I never give you any that are critical. So you're saying there are ones that are I'm critical. I'm not that saying you, that. You just did. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm saying I never give you any that are critical. I was going to maybe go on to say there are no critical ones. I don't think you were, but it's okay. There's got to be. <laughs> but This th is America where 50% of people hate the other 50%, they can't all agree on This is on a Conan, voluntary Brian. thing where people call in and they're already fans of yours. This is not going to be the place where you, there's craziness in there for sure. But Good. Well, yeah. that's how you know they're my people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's, let's, uh, I'm ready. I prepared myself. Okay. Eduardo, punch it. 
Hey, Conan. This is State Senator Kathy Breen. I'm calling from Maine, and I'm calling to see if you are familiar with the retired presidential yacht, which is called the USS Sequoia. Um, given that you are such a history buff, I wanted you to know that the ship is being restored here in Maine at a shipyard in Belfast, and I wanted to invite you to come and see the ship uh, sometime during its restoration, which will be over the next few years. It's an amazing um, vessel, literally, of American history that will just blow your mind when you realize all the many events and historic figures who spent time on the yacht. Um, it was in service from the time of President Wilson until President Carter, and it's really just an amazing gem of U.S. history, and it's here in Maine for a few years getting restored. So I wanted to invite you to that and uh, find out if you're familiar with it and see if you might want to come to Maine and see it. Wow. That was State Senator Kathy Breen. I am aware of the Sequoia. I didn't know about this. Well, I could be wrong, but I I think this was the the presidential yacht that um, is featured in the movie Nixon. Hmm. Remember the movie Nixon that was made by Oliver Stone? With Anthony Hopkins. With Anthony Hopkins as Nixon. Uh, Nixon used to love to, I think, get in the Sequoia, if I'm thinking of the right ship, and he used to like to sail up the Potomac. That was like his idea of fun, which actually does sound fun, but he'd bring like Haldeman and Ehrlichman and Kissinger, which sounds less fun. (laughs) And they would sit around and go like, I think we're going to get away with it. You're going to get away with it, sir. Uh, yeah, yeah, boss, you're going to get away with it. I really do. Hey, hey, uh, uh, let's, let's take it up to 20 knots. What do you say, guys? And so I think it was that kind of deal on the Sequoia, but it's portrayed in uh, Oliver Stone's movie. They're all um, on the Sequoia. And I have to say, I've enjoyed some of Oliver Stone's work, but sometimes he has a heavy touch. I'll say. And oh. so... He, There's one scene in here which really was like, oh, that's too much, where Anthony Hopkins as Nixon is on the Sequoia. They're saying, you know, Mr. President, what should we do about Cambodia? And he's like, bomb, bomb them all. And then someone says, oh, but Mr. President, there could be loss of life. I don't care. Bomb, bomb, bomb. And then just then the chef says, Mr. President, your steak. And he puts a steak in front of him. And Nixon just then goes to cut into the steak and it's all red and juicy. And he goes, Blood, blood, oh, too much blood. And I'm like, oh my God. Well, he then did turn into a bat and flutter away. <laughs> but you're, you know what I mean? Just the, I was like, come on, Oliver Stone. I don't care. Bomb them all. Here's some steak. Blood. I can't, I must go back to my ancestral Transylvania. <laughs> but I believe that that is a moment in film that depicts the president on the Sequoia. Well, we should get you on that yacht and you can recreate that scene with some steak. I will, but you know what? We, we have to act quickly because the uh, Sequoia is being restored according to State Senator Kathy Breen over a four-year period. <laughs> We've got no time to waste. I would like to see it though. Yeah, sure, I would too. You yeah. like I you like that stuff. Oh, any, I love any piece of any sort of history. You're, I, you're like, oh, I this is say a it. plate that you know Reagan used. And you're like, what? 
it. A plate. Oh, oh my God. Minute. I think that's... I, can I, I hold get it? That. Yeah. I don't, get, I don't you know. know. Yeah. I think it's a plate. Especially that's that cool. era. Late Cold War era. Yes, oh, I'm with man. you. I find that when someone... Well, you Pure famously... Arousal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have Eisenhower's phone. We yeah. talked about this once and you brought it in and I, I thought that was cool and I think uh, I'm fascinated by that stuff. So yeah. I would love to... Take a quick tour of the Sequoia. And I think it's a very nice invitation. Yeah. Uh, and. Because, Sona, did you ever have to do like duck and cover drills in school for nuclear war? Or was not it just for nuclear war, but yeah. for earthquakes. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's, I think, something that shapes a child that when you have that existential fear of dying oh. from the Cold War. Yeah. That, at no, today, no warning. You know? Today at my kid's school, they do the same thing, duck and cover, but it's for a nut allergy. <laughs> Oh God! I can't even. I that's, can't. Come on, that that's was a how, solid joke. That, I know. Was it? No. Was changed. it a little cheesy? Oh, but that, I mean, come, come on! on. Hey, oh, I come don't on. know. It was for a nut yeah. allergy. Hello, hey. hello. We're having fun. One? Come yeah. on, that's we're a family. We're having fun. Hey, it's time to duck and cover. Someone used the wrong pronoun. I'm just saying, times have changed. Times have changed. Anyway, uh, welcome to our Joe Rogan moment. Yeah, I know. I hope you enjoyed I it. I know. No. Um, I yeah, I would check it out. I would check, check out. Check out a ship. Well, first of all, first of all, first of all, check out a mic. Yeah, you just lay down. You're, the you're mic is seven feet, feet yeah. from you. I'll check out a ship. Yeah. Well, first of all, you're not invited. She didn't say Sona. She said Conan. Why and by implication, call, Matt. She called the uh, podcast. She called the podcast. You know what? You're right. And I don't often admit I'm wrong, but you're right. You never admit you're wrong. I just did. I know. Um, I, uh, the gummy just hit. Yeah. <laughs> Look gummy. at this one. What is, wrong? what is with you? I don't know. It's one thing you're that you're reclining, but today. your you hand that, is on your belly. I know, because I don't know. Okay. But also, can I say, no, stay there, Sona. This is nice. I like the way you are right now. I'm very comfortable right but now. You know what I love? How entitled are you that you're in that position and you had your hand on your bell and you went, I'd check out the presidential yacht. No. That's My a God. lot of entitlement. That is so yeah. your generation. You millennials. How dare you? You millennials. Yeah. What is your deal with nut allergies and pronouns in my generation, bruh? I think that's why I think that's why I'm like this right now. You're aging yourself and I'm getting younger. Get him, get yeah, and more Jamaican. I'm 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 repping, I'm repping the millennial, millennials. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I uh, The Mills. You grew up in a very different world where okay, you had an earthquake drill, but uh, we grew up under a constant existential threat of nuclear war and that shaped Gorley and I and made us the the cold warriors we are today. I'm a walking ball of anxiety because of that. That's yeah. not true. It's true. It's it's totally true. You know what? Every generation has their own existential fears. Yes. Every generation. No one gets out scot-free. We all are as we always will be and always have been. Okay. I'm a wise man who can see things that others can't see. You belong on a presidential yacht. I do. I've got to get on I'll the I'll check Sequoia. out a yacht. <laughs> of course you will. Well, anyway, it's a very kind uh, invitation uh, Kathy and uh, I will try to make this happen because I would love to see the Sequoia and I hope I'm right about my um, my Nixon reference I believe that's the ship that he used to take up and his favorite thing to do was sail up to Mount Vernon this is what I recall from oh I read this somewhere I think he used to like to sail up to Mount Vernon Washington's home and I think by this point they were all loaded they were <laughs> drinking the whole way and when they got to Mount oh, Vernon man. they would 
fire off a military salute, <sighs> probably taking the chimney off of Mount Vernon and then turn around and come back. So <laughs> those are good times. I wish I had a yacht with a cannon on it. That's what I wish I had. Yeah. Have I mentioned this? I was driving uh, through Missouri. I was in a car. I was by myself and I pulled into, my car was overheating. So I pulled into the Truman Presidential Library parking lot and my radiator overheated and green goo went all over their parking lot. <laughs> and a docent from the Truman Library came out and started yelling at me. And I, I put my car back into drive and, and grinding cylinders the whole way tore out of there. Straight to the Eisenhower Yeah, library. leaving a bunch of muck behind, steaming muck behind me and a furious docent. So my apologies to the Truman Presidential Library. Sona, what's your presidential library story? I have a car story. <laughs> you mean you were in a Lincoln? Oh! Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I um I've been to a I've been to the Reagan Library. I went to the Carter Library with you. Yep. I, met, I met President Carter. Yeah, that's which right. was really nice. Yeah. I introduced you to not just the president, but uh the first lady, Rosalind Carter was there. I as started well. crying. You did start crying. Yeah. yeah. And then when we took a photo, he said I could stand next to him in the photo, which was really nice. And yeah. It's a great photo. It's the, it's the four it's of us. It's a wonderful photo. Yeah. yeah. I'm jealous. It, it, yeah, it was a really nice day. I mean, they they like were talking and then his assistants were like, you know, you can go in there if you want after they're done meeting. And yeah. I was like, I can't. Yeah. I was like, me? Yeah. It was really And exciting. you know what Carter didn't have? A nut allergy. <laughs> Peace out. Mic drop. <laughs> Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, with Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. While no one knows what tomorrow may bring, Bridgestone is working toward a more positive outlook. With innovations like developing a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials. It's just one of the many ways Bridgestone is making a difference today, for generations to come. Because that's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Is there such a thing as a traveler? Not a Delta. Because we know on one flight, Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. While on the flight after, 8C is occupied by Jen, whose favorite snack is tea. That's why we provide fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members. Because at Delta, we know. Refill? Everyone flies their own way. Delta. Keep climbing. Free Wi-Fi available on most domestic flights. Terms of use apply.